Welcome everyone to this live podcast on Twitch. Where can you find the news from the research industry? Right? How our researchers keep on researching on various topics and domains to keep our lives are better, of course. And yes, this po- uh, this article posted on our website named postcentage.com. So if you are willing to check it out, please check it out. Otherwise. Listening to this podcast will be enough for you guys as it's acts like an archive on the daily basis providing you the information from the research industry. So let's get started without wasting any further time. The first topic of the day is deforestation free supply chain pledges a barely impacted forest clearance in the Amazon. Okay, let's see. More companies must make and implement zero deforestation supply chain commitments in order to significantly reduce deforestations and protect diverse ecosystems, says researchers. Of course, man. Corporate pledges not to buy soya beans produced on land deforestated after 2006 have reduced tree clearance in the Brazilian Amazon by just 1.6 percent between 2006 and 2015. This equates to a protected area of 2300 kilometers per square in the Amazon rainforest, barely the size of Oxfordshire in the UK. The finding made by tracing traders' soil supplies back to their source are published today. In the general environmental research letters, the work involved a team from the University of Cambridge, Boston University, ETH, Zurich, and New York University. The researcher also discovered that in the Querado, Brazil, tropical Savannah zero deforestation commitments have not been adopted effectively, leaving over 50% of soya suitable forest and their biodiversity without protection. Brazil has the largest remaining tropological forest on the planet, but these are being rapidly cleared to rear cattle and grow crops including soya bean. Demand for soy is surging around the world and an estimated 4,800 4, km square of rainforest is cleared each year to grow soya beans. The majority of soya is consumed indirectly by humans. Soybean is widely used as feed for factory farm chickens, pigs, fish, and cattle. It also accounts for around 27% of global vegetable oil production. And as a complete protein source, it often forms a key part of vegetarian vegan diets. By 2021, at least 94 companies had adopted zero default deforestation commitments, pledging to eliminate deforestation from their supply chain. But the study revealed that many of these commitments are not put into practice. And the researcher says that adoption of zero deforestation commitments is lagging among and small and medium-sized food companies. Zero deforestation pledges are a great first step, but they need to be implemented to have an effect on forest and right now it's mainly the bigger companies that have the resources to do this said professor rachel garrett modern professor of Conser- uh, conservation and development at the university of cambridge conservation research institute a joint senior author of the report she added if soybean traders actually implemented their global commitment for zero deforestation production Current level of forest clearance in Brazil could be reduced by around 40%. Deforestation is the second largest contributor to global greenhouse gas emission after fossil fuel use. It also causes the loss of diverse animal and plant life, threatens the livelihoods of indigenous groups, and increases inequality and conflict. The researchers say that the supply chain of the or other food products including cattle, oil palm and coca supply chains are more complex than soy. 
making them even more difficult to monitor. If supply chain policies intend to contribute to the task of tackling deforestation in Brazil, it's crucial to expand zero deforestation supply chain policies beyond soil, said Garrett, who is also professor of environmental policy at ETH Zurich. A soil moratorium was the first voluntary zero deforestation commitment in the tropics by signing it. Companies agreed not to buy soybeans produced on land deforestated after 2006. But while the commitment was implemented in the Brazilian Amazon, most Brazilian soy is produced in the Carado, which is rich in biodiversity. The researchers say their findings suggest private sector efforts are not enough to halt deforestation. Supportive political leadership is also vital to conservation efforts. Supply chain governance should not be substituted for state-led forest policies, which are critical to enable zero deforestation monitoring and enforcement have better potential to cover different crops, land users, and regions said Garrett. In 2021, the COP26 Glasgow leaders' declaration of forage and land use committed to halt the river's deforestation by 2030. It was signed by over 100 countries representing 85% of global forest. I mean, it's a great initiative by such organization and everyone to uh, to supply and increase the forestation in the forest areas and everyone else. I mean, yep. Moving on towards next topic. River longer than the thins beneath Antarctica ice sheets could affect ice loss. An unexpected river found under the Antarctica ice sheet affects the flow and melting of ice, potentially accelerating ice loss as the climate warms. The 460-kilometer-long river is revealed in a new study which details how it collects water at the base of the Antarctica ice sheets from an area the size of Germany or France combined. Its discovery showed the base of the ice sheet has more active water flow than previously thought which could make it more susceptible to changes in climate. The discovery was made by researchers at Imperial College London, the University of Waterloo, Canada, University Malaysia, Terengganu, and Newcastle University with the details published today in the Nature Geoscience. Co-author Professor Martin Saigurd from the Gatham Institute at Imperial College London said, when we first discovered lakes beneath the Antarctica ice a couple of decades ago, we thought they were isolated from each other. Now we are starting to understand they are whole system down there, interconnected by vast river networks, just as they might be if there weren't thousands of meters of ice on top of them. The region where th- uh, this study is based holds enough ice to raise the sea level globally by 4.3 per uh, 3 meter how much of this ice melt and how quickly is linked to how slippery the base of the ice is the newly discovered river system could strongly influence this process water can appear beneath ice sheets in two main ways from surface melt water running down through deep uh, creeps or by melting at the base caused by the natural heat of the earth and friction as the ice moves over land. However, the ice sheet around the north and south pole have different characteristics. In Greenland, the surface experienced strong melting over the summer months, where immense amounts of water channeled down through deep graves called molens. In Antarctica, however, the surface doesn't melt in sufficient quantity to create molens as the summer are still too cold. It was thought this meant that there was relatively little water at the base of the Antarctica ice sheets. Okay. The new discovery turned this idea on its head, showing there is sufficient water from basal melt alone to create huge river system under kilometer thick ice. 
The discovery was made through a combination of airborne radar surveys that allowed researchers to look beneath the eyes and modeling of the eye sheet hydrology. The team focused on a large inaccessible and understudied area that includes eyes from both the East and West Antarctica ice sheets and reaches the Weddell Sea. That such a large system could be undiscovered until now is testament to, uh, to how much we still need to learn about the continent, says lead researcher Dr. Christian Doe from the University of Waterloo. She said, from satellite measurement, we know which region of Antarctica are losing eyes and how much, but we don't necessarily know why. This discovery could be a missing link in our models. We could be hugely underestimating how quickly the system will melt by not accounting for the influence of the of these river systems. Only by knowing why ice is being lost uh, can we make model and prediction of how the ice will react in the future under further global heating and how much this could raise global sea levels. For example, the newly discovered river emerges into the sea beneath a floating ice shelf where a glacier extending out from the land is buoyant enough to begin floating on the ocean water. The fresh water from the river, however, churns up warmer water toward the bottom of the ice shelf, melting it from below, co-author Dr. Neil Rose from the University of Newcastle said, previous study have looked at the interaction between the edges of ice sheets and the ocean water to determine what melting looks like. However, the discovery of a river that reaches hundreds of kilometers inland, driving some of the processes shows that we cannot understand the ice melt fully without considering the whole system, ice sheet, ocean, and fresh water. The existence of large under ice rivers also need to be taken into account when predicting the possible consequences of climate changes in the region. For example, if summers warm enough to cause enough surface melt that the water reaches the base of the ice sheet, it could have large effects on the river system, potentially tipping Antarctica to a Greenland-like state, where ice loss is much faster. There are also, uh, there are also potential feedback loops that would accelerate ice loss. For example, if the ice starts uh, to flow faster as water accumulates at the base, then this will increase friction where the ice runs over dry land, which could increase the amount of basal melting and water produced. The team are now looking to gather more data about all the mechanisms for service to apply their models to other regions and provide a better understanding of how a changing Antarctica could change the planet. I mean, this is the uh, research or finding given by our researcher on this Antarctica region uh, that have been predicted, but uh, the result shows differently. So it's been provided by our scientists and researcher, of course. Okay. Moving on to our next topic. First, our study shows bumblebees play. Okay, let's see. You know, uh, bumblebees plays, according to new research led by Kuhn Mary University of London, publishing animal behavior. It is the first time that object play behavior has been shown in an insect, adding to mounting evidence that. Bees may experience positive feelings. The team of researchers set up numerous experiments to test their hypothesis. We showed that bumblebees went out of their way to roll wooden balls repeatedly despite there being no apparent incentive for doing so. The study also found that younger bees rolled more balls than older bees, mirroring. mirroring human behavior of young children and other ju juvenile mammals and birds being the most playful and that male bees rolled them for longer than their female counterparts. 
the 34 or 45 bumblebees in an arena and gave them the option of walking through an unobstructed path to reach a feeding area or deviating from this path into the areas with wooden balls. Individual bees rolled balls between one and impressively 117 tons over the experiment. The repeated behavior suggested that ball rolling was rewarding. This was supported by a further experiment where another 42 bees were given access to two colored chambers, one always containing movable balls and one without any objects. When tested and given a choice between the two chambers, neither containing balls, bees showed a preference for the color of the chamber previously associated with, an, with the wooden balls. The setup of the experiment removed any notion that the bees were moving the balls for any greater purpose other than play. Rolling balls didn't contribute to survival strategies such as gaining food, clearing clutter, or mating and was done under stress-free conditions. The researchers built on previous experiments from the same lab at Queen Mary, which showed the bumblebees can be thought to score a goal by rolling a ball to a target in exchange for the sugary food reward. During the previous experiment, the team observed that bumblebees rolled balls outside to the experiment without getting any uh, food reward. The new research showed the bees rolling balls repeatedly without being trained and without receiving any food for doing so. It was voluntary and spontaneous. Therefore, akin to play behavior as seen in other animals. Study first author Samadhi Gal Payesh, PhD student, Queen Mary University of London, says that it is certainly mind blowing at time amusing to watch bumblebees show something like play. They approach and manipulate these toys again and again. It goes to show once more that despite their little size and tiny brains, they are more than small robotic beings. They may actually experience some kind of positive emotional states, even if rudimentary like other larger fluffy or not so fluffy animals do. This sort of warning has implication to our understanding of sentience and welfare of insects and will Hopefully encourages us to respect and protect life on Earth even more. Professor Lars Chitka, Professor of Sensory and Behavioral Ecology at Queen Mary University of London, head of the lab and author of the recent book, The Mind of a Bee, says that this research provides a strong indication that insect minds are far more sophisticated uh, than we might imagine. There are a lot of women who play just for the purpose of enjoyment, but most examples come from young mammals and birds. We are producing ever-increasing amounts of evidence backing up the need to do all we can to protect insects that are, are a million miles from the mindless, unfeeling creatures they are traditionally believed to be. Moving on towards next topic. Surface waves help map the interior of Mars. <laughs> it's an interesting because it's about the Mars. So many of uh, researchers and astronomers moving, focusing on Mars to sustain, uh, to set up the environment and live there. So I mean, it's great. So it's been exciting for many of the researchers mostly astronomers and NASA scientists. So, let's read it, what we get. Researchers have observed seismic waves propagating along the surface of a planet other than Earth for the first time. Oh man, great man. The Mars quakes that result from two large meteorites that hit Mars were recorded by NASA inside Landor and analyzed at Earth, Zurich, in collaboration with the Inside Science team, which included researchers from the University of Maryland. 
published in the journal of science on october 27 2022 the team paper provides new insight into the structure of the martian crust bringing science closer to learning how the planet formed and evolved over time this is the first time seismic surface waves have been observed on a planet other than earth not even the apollo mission to the moon managed said the study lead author doyon kim kim is currently a visiting assistant professor in the umd department of geology and senior assistant uh, at the eighth institute of geophysics after almost three hours of detecting only body waves seismic waves traveling through the body of a planet on mars the inside team finally observed surface waves seismic waves traveling along the surface of a planet in late december 2021 when two meteorite collided with the red planet a typical quake reading led other researchers to suspect the impact sources were near the surface so they compared the data with information from the mars reconnaissance orbiter measures were taken by the orbiter confirmed that both meteorites had hypercenters the point of origin for a quake on the surface of mars before this all our knowledge of the martian crust was based on what was right below the inside lander said umd associate professor of geology veteran lekic a co-author of the paper but mars is a big planet we didn't know if the crush was different in other location across the planet with this surface waves we were finally able to obtain a better understanding of the crush along a big stretch of mars a planet crush or its outermost solid shell provides important clues about how the dead planet formed and evolved over time most planetary crusts including those of earth and mars formed through early dynamic processes in the mantle and were later modified by other events such as volcanism sedimentation erosion and impact cratering As a result, crush can allow researchers to gain a better understanding of the land shaping condition of a planet from billions of years ago. To learn more about the crush of Mars, the research team analyzed the velocity of surface waves coming from the two meteorite impacts. This allowed them to explore the relationship between surface wave velocity, frequency, and depth to estimate the average properties of the crush. Three, two. 18.6 miles below the surface of Mars. On average, the Martian crust between inside seismometer, the two meteorite impact sites, did not vary strongly with depth and had faster seismic velocity than what was previously observed directly below the lander. The faster velocity suggests either Compositional differences over reduced porosity in areas transferred by the surface waves. The composition of the crust will determine some of the density, but so will factors like porosity. If you have a lot of holes in the crust, it can also decrease the density of the material, explained UMD Associate Professor of Geology Nicholas Skrimmer, another co-author of the paper. A volcano with all its intrusions and magma coming up through the crust beneath it would have also altered the crust density and composition in that region. As we look further north on Mars, there's probably some sur- surface ice in the crust below the impact site, which is less porous and very different from what we see under the inside lander. The team finding may also provide answers to a century-old mystery, the crustal dichotomy of Mars. Mars has a unique, has a very unique feature, which is the very sharp contrast between its northern and southern hemispheres. Lekic noted, the southern part is very old, has high topography and is very heavily 
created. Meanwhile, the northern region is volcanic, very low-lying, and has comparatively few craters. The surface waves we detected helped us learn more about the northern lowlands, where which we have only been able to speculate about before. Our popular theory behind this is that the crust in the northern lowlands and southern highlands are composed of different material. However, the researcher found that their initial result appeared to disprove this idea, even suggesting the crust structures may be surprisingly similar at certain depths. The team hopes that its research will continue to help researchers investigate similar mysteries and form better model of Mars as exploration continues. Of course, man, of course. I mean, many of the scientists researchers will, well, will be very go, uh, will be happy by listening to this news and uh, having this kind of result from the Mars itself. Moving on towards next topic. Last stroke trial finds intensive blood pressure loading after clot removal worsen recovery. A large stroke trial has shown that intensive blood pressure loading after clot removal worsened recovery. The result of the trial stopped early due to the significance of the findings. Were presented in a late-breaking session at the World Stroke Congress and simultaneously published in the Lancet. Professor Craig Anderson, Director of Global Brain Health at the Jordan Institute for Global Health, said the rapid emergence for this effect suggested the more aggressive approach was compromising the return of blood flow to the affected area. A study provided strong indication that this increasing common treatment strategy show, should now be awarded in clinical practices. He said around 85% of strokes are ischemic strokes caused by the loss of blood flow to an area of the brain due to a blockage in a blood vessel, leading to a loss of neurological function. Endovascular thermobactomy is an increasing huge non-surgical treatment of ischemic stroke in which microcatheters uh, are thin tubes visible under x-rays are inserted into the blood clot to resolve it. A potential downside of, of this new widely used and effective treatment is that the rapid return of blood supply to an area that has been deprived of oxygen for a while can cause tissue damage known as reperfusion injury, said Professor Anderson. This has resulted in a shift in medical practice towards more intensive loading of blood pressure after clot removal to try and minimize this damage, but without evidence to support the benefit versus potential harms. To try and render the evidence gap, researchers recruited 816 adults with acute ischemic stroke who had elevated blood pressure after clot removal from 44 centers in China between July 2020 and March 2022. They had an average age of 67, just over a third were female. 407 were assigned to more intensive target 120mm helium and 409 to the less intensive target 140 to 180 mm Hg uh, systolic blood pressure control. With the target to be achieved within one hour of entering the study and sustained for 72 hours. Researchers looked at how well the patients in both groups recovered according to a standard measure of disability ranging from 0-1 for a good outcome without or with symptoms with no disability score or 2-5 uh, to five, indicating increasing level of disability and dependency and a score of 6 being death. 
patient in the more intense intensively treated group had significantly worse scores on the scale compared to those allocated to those treated less intensively compared to the less intensive group they had more early brain tissue deterioration and the major disability at 90 days but there were no significant differences in brain bleeds mortality or serious adverse events patient who le- had their blood pressures more intensive control also rated their quality of life as significantly worse due to limitation on the on their physical abilities resulting from the stroke professor anderson said that after scouring the medical literature the research team had been unable to find strong enough evidence to recommend the idea target for blood pressure control after blood clot removal in patient with acute ischemic stroke while our study has now shown intensive blood pressure control to a systolic target of less than 120 mm hg to be harmful the optimal level of control is yet to be defined he said moving on to the next topic researcher designed next generation electrolytes for lithium metal batteries <laughs> a team of researchers discovered a new, a new mechanism to stabilize the lithium metal electrode and electrolyte in lithium metal batteries this new mechanism which does not depend on the traditional kinetic approach has the potential to greatly enhance the energy density the amount of energy stored relative to the weight of or volume of batteries the team published their finding in the journal nature energy lithium metal batteries are a promising technology with the potential to meet demands for high energy density storage systems however because of the unceasing electrolyte decomposition in these batteries there columbic efficiency is low the columbic efficiency is also called the current efficiency describe the efficiency by which electrons are transferred in the battery so battery with a high columbic efficiency has a longer battery cycle life this is the first paper to propose electro uh, electrode potential and related structure feature as matrix for designing lithium metal battery electrolytes which are extracted by introducing data science combined with the computational calculation based on our finding several electrolytes which enable high columbic efficiency has been easily developed said Ocho Yamada professor in the department of chemical system engineering at the university of tokyo the team work has the potential to provide new opportunity in the design of next generation electrolytes for lithium metal batteries in lithium ion battery the lithium ion moves from the positive electrode to the negative electrode through the electrode during charge and back when discharging by introducing high energy density electrolyte electrodes the battery energy density can be improved in this context many study has been conducted over the past decade to change the graphite negative electrode to lithium metal however the lithium metal has a high reactivity which, reduce, which reduces the electrolyte at its surface because of this the lithium metal electro- electrode shows a poor columbic efficiency to overcome this problem scientists have developed functional electrolytes and electrolyte additives that form a surface protective film this solid electrolyte interface has impact on the safety and efficiency of lithium batteries the surface protective film prevents direct contact between the electrolyte and lithium metal electrode thereby kinetically slowing the electrolyte reduction yet until now scientists has had not fully understood the correlation between the solid electrolyte interface and the columbic efficiency scientists know that if they improve the stability of the solid electrolyte interface then they can slow the electrolyte decomposition 
and the battery columbic efficiency is increased but even with advanced technology scientists find it difficult to analyze the solid electrolyte interface chemistry directly most of the studies about the solid electrolyte interface have been conducted with indirect methodologies these studies provide indirect evidence therefore making it hard to develop the electrolyte stabilizing lithium metal that leads to leads to a high columbic efficiency the research team determined that if they could offset the oxidize oxidation reduction potential of the lithium metal in a specific electrolyte system they could increase the thermodynamic averaging force to reduce the electrolyte and thus achieving a higher columbic efficiency this strategy this strategy had really been applied in developing batteries with lithium metal the thermodynamic oxidation reduction potential of lithium metal which varies significantly depending on the electrolytes is a simple yet overlooked factor that influences the lithium metal battery performance said utsio yamada the team studied the oxidation reduction potential of lithium metal in 70 in 74 tiles of electrolytes the researcher introduced a compound called ferrocene into all the electrolyte as an iupac international union of pure and applied chemistry recommended internal standard for electrolyte potentials the team proved that there is a correlation between the oxidation reduction potential of lithium metal a columbic efficiency they obtained a high columbic efficiency with the upshifted oxidation reduction potential of lithium metal Looking ahead to future work the researcher team goals is to unveil the rational mechanism behind the oxidation reduction potential shift in more detail we will design the electrolyte guaranteeing a columbic efficiency of greater than 99.95% the columbic efficiency of lithium metal is less than 99% even with advanced electrolytes however at least 99.95% is required for the commercialization of lithium metal based batteries said Otsio Yamada this study was carried out in collaboration with the Naga Institute of Technology Moving on to our next topic. Improving the efficiency of nano generator that harvest static electricity. Tribo electric energy is the scientific term of static electricity. For all the energy that is created who or two surfaces rub against each other electrons are exchanged between the two surfaces charging of the surface after they are separated for example if a balloon is rubbed against here it will cling to a wall or if a clothes in the dryer rub together you may see sparks uh, as you pull uh, them apart Tri-bio electric generators are mechanical energy harvesters that can generate electricity from two surfaces rubbing against each other. This tiny uh, power generator can be used to power wearable electronic devices, sensors, and other advanced technologies. In a new paper, researchers uh, theorize a new way to design tri-bio electric nanogenerators. with constant inherent capacitance currently these nanogenerators use a time dependent inherent capacitance but researchers suggest that this change could increase their energy conversion efficiency the paper was published on october 26 in nanor research tribal electric nanogenerators can provide a feasible way to convert mechanical energy into electricity said Yufan Yu, a professor at the School of Electronics at Peking University in China, with improved efficiency and sensitivity, even very weak mechanical energy hidden in the environment can be caught and utilized.
Capacitance is the ability of the generator capacitor restored electric charges to prove that the constant inherent capacitance could work research for developer of mathematical model to analyze the potential of the tri bow electric generator with constant inherent capacitance then the researcher fabricated a version of the nanogenerator in order to test its efficiency and compare it to existing time dependent inherent capacitance the capacitor was charged use using three different styles of power conducting circuit to test the performance of the two different tri bow electric nanogenerators they found that both tri bow electric nanogenerator worked better on a full wave power circuit but the constant inherent capacitance in tri bow electric nanogenerator were able to show approximately two times the charge as the time dependent inherent capacitance tri bow electric nanogenerators this gives the constant inherent capacitance tri bow electric nanogenerators a big advantage the They also found that this form of nanogenerator nano could charge very quickly. The result of our study showed that tri-bow electric nanogenerator with a constant capacitance designed more significant for harvesting mechanical energy from the environment and delivering the load, said who finally to prove how this type of tri-bow electric nanogenerator could be used in a real-world application. Researcher creates an anemometer based on the technology. An anemometer measures wind speeds and direction. When the kinetic energy of the wind moves the curves of the anemometer, the tri-bi-electric nanogenerator was able to turn that information into electrical signal. which could be uh, processed as a measurement of the wind speed the nanometer was able to process the information in real time and send it to the researcher this style of tri-bow electric nanogenerator is also easy to manufacture and easy to design so looking ahead researcher will be studying how to make the device even more practical so it can be applied to a wide range of devices This will also study how to improve its efficiency even more. The next step is, uh, is to miniaturize the device and optimize the power management circuits. Ultimately, tri-bow electric nanogenerators will be able to serve in an integrated electronic system with a small footprint, said who. <coughs> Moving on towards next topic. New study sheds light on basic biology of frontotemporal dementia. Dementia encompasses a range of neurodegenerative conditions that leads to memory loss and cognitive deficiency and affect some 55 million people worldwide. Yet despite its prevalence, there are few effective treatment in part because scientists still don't understand how exactly dementia arises on a cellular and molecular level. Not team led by scientists at Harvard Medical School and Harvard T.H. Chan School of Public Health has made a progress in unraving the mechanism underlying a type of dementia that strikes early in life. In a study published October 7 in Nature Communication, researchers discovered that a genetic form of frontotemporal dementia (FTD) is associated with accumulation of specific lipids in the brain, and this accumulation results from a protein deficiency that interferes with cell metabolism. The result, based on experiment. in human brain cells and in human models provide new insight into FTD that occurred in form the design of new therapies additionally the findings highlight a mechanism of metabolic disruption that may be relevant in other forms of neurodegeneration the researcher said a black box 
There are several different types of dementia, each with complicated genetics. They involve various mutations, FTD, characterized by loss of cells in the frontal and temporal lobes of the brain, accounts for 5 to 10 percent of dementia cases. Often diagnosed in patients between 45 and 65 years old. The genetic form to, uh, tend to cluster in families around 50% of the time. FTD is linked uh, to a specific mutation in the GRN gene, which causes the brain cell to stop making a protein called progranulin. Previous studies have linked progranulin to parts of the cell called lysosomes, which are responsible for cleanup and other metabolic activity in cells. However, the function of the protein, including its role in the lysosome, has remained a sort of a black box, said co-senior author Wade Harper, the board and Natal Weller, professor of molecular pathology in the Department of Cell Biology in the Brathwick Institute at HMS. Harper collaborated on the study with co-senior author Tobias Walter and Robert Ferris Jr., who were Professor of Cell Biology at HMS and Professor of Molecular Metabolism at Harvard Chan School. When they conducted the research, as well as lead author Sebastian Boland, a former research fellow in the Ferris and Walter Lab, and Sharon Swarup, a former research fellow in the Harper Lab. The researcher initially found that pronglin deficient human cell lines and mouse brains, as well as brain cells from patients with FTD, had an accumulation of ganglocytes, lipids commonly found th- uh, throughout uh, the nervous system. Next, the team used recently developed technology for purifying lysosome to analyze the type of and amount of proteins and lipids present inside them. Using, using this technique, the scientists found that lysosome in, uh, in these cells and tissue from brains with FTD had reduced level of progranulin as well as lower than normal levels of a lipid called BMP which is required to break down ganglocytes, the lipids commonly found in the central nervous system. However, when researchers added BMP into cells, they observed that these cells accumulated far lower levels of ganglocytes. Together, the findings suggest that pronglin in lysosome helps maintain the BMP levels needed to prevent ganglocytes from accumulating in brain cells buildup that may contribute to FTD. We have uncovered a role of proglin in supported proper degradation of ganglocytes, which also showing that it may, it may be possible to correct the problem, Ferris said. Peoples are already working on treatment that involve giving patients a source of proglin and a result are co- are consistent with that approach potentially being uh, therapeutical beneficial Walter added moreover it may be possible to develop therapies that focus on replacing BMP rather than pronglin he said and thus target a different part of the mechanism the researcher also think that a similar lysosome based mechanism could be relevant for neurodegenerative disease beyond FTD, an idea that the note is rapidly gaining ground in, that, in the field. The lysosome may be a key feature of many kinds of neurodegenerative disease, but these diseases likely all connect with the lysosome in different ways, Harper said. For example, scientists already know that a protein implicated in a genetic form of Parkinson's disease control aspect of lysosomal function. More research is needed. First, he added to understand previously, precisely how various lipids and proteins interact with lysosome within the context of the different ne- neurodegenerative diseases. Now, 
The researchers are studying several genes linked with lysosomal function, including genes associated with lysosomal storage disease, to find connection between them. A central remaining question is how proglobin elevates BMP levels in the brain. Additional studies are needed to further elucidate the step of the mechanism the team uncovered to explain how lipid accumulation translates into cognitive decline. The study demonstrates the power of collaboration in following the signs Walter said. By using the right tool and asking the right detailed question, you can sometimes uncover things that are unexpected. <laughs> okay, man, okay. Moving on to our next topic. I mean, it's great for the for the people who are into uh, more like in the neuroscience, more uh, who are in, into those things. So, I mean, great for you guys. New method to determine the dimensional of complex network through hyperbolic geometry. Reducing reductant information to find simplifying patterns in data set and complex network is a scientific challenge in many fields. Moreover, detecting the dimensionality of the data is still a hard to solve problem. An article published in the journal Nature Communication presents a method to enforce the dimensionality of complex network through the application of hyperbolic geometrics, which captures the complexity of relational structure of the real world in many diverse domains. Among the authors of the study are the researcher M. Anglia Sereno and Martin Boguna from the Faculty of Physics and Institute of Complex System of the UB, UBEX and the Pedro Almargo from the Higher Technical School of Engineering of the University of Sevilla. The study provides a multi-dimensional hyperbolic model of complex network that reproduces its connectivity with an ultra-low customizable dimensionality for each specific network. This enables a better characterization of its structure, example, at a community scale, and the improvement of its predictive capability. The study reveals unexpected regularities such as the extremely low dimensions of molecular network associated with biological tissues. The slightly higher dimensionality required by social network and the internet and the discovery that brain connect uh, connect terms are close to three dimension in the automatic organization. Hyperbolic versus Euclidean geometry. The intrinsic geometry of data sets or complex network is not obvious, which becomes an obstacle in determining the dimensionality of real networks. Another challenge is that the definition of distance has to be established according to their relational and connectivity structure, and this also requires sophisticated models. Now the new approach is based on the geometry of complex networks and more specifically on the confidential geometric model or HD model. This model which we have developed in the previous work describes the structure of complex networks based on fundamental principles, says the lecturer M. Anglia's Acria Research at the Department of Condensed Matter Physics at the of the UB. More specifically, the model postulates a law of inter- interconnection of the network elements or nodes that is gravitational or nodes that are closer in a similarity space or spherical geometry in D dimensions and with more popularity and extra dimension corresponding to the importance of the node are more likely to establish connections. In the study, the similarity and popularity variables are combined to give rise to hyperbolic geometry of the model, which emerges as a natural geometry representing the hierarchical architecture of complex networks. 
In previous studies, the team had applied the sim simplest version of the one-dimensional SD model, the S1 model. They explained many typical features of real-world networks, the small-world property, the six degree of separation, the heterogeneous distribution of the number of neighbors per node, and the high levels of transitive relationship triangle connection that can be illustrated with the expre expression, my friends, uh, friends is also my friend. Of course, man, of course. <laughs> In addition, the application of statistical Inference te uh, technique allows us to obtain real network maps in the hyperbolic plane that are congruent with the uh, established model. Angular says, beyond visualization, these representations have been used in a multitude of tasks, including efficient navigation methods, the detection of self uh, similarity patterns, uh, the detection of strongly interacting communities of nodes and the implementation of a network renormalization procedure that reveals hidden symmetries in the multi-scale organization of complex networks and allows the production of network replicas at reduced or in large scales. Now the team enforces the dimensionality of the hyperbolic space underlying the real network from property that relate to the dimension of, the of their geometry. In particular, the work measured the statistics of higher order cy cycles, triangle squared, pentagons associated with the connections. Methodology applicable to all complex networks. In computer science, the applied techniques are based on data that typically make definitions of similarity distance between their elements and a broad that involves the construction of graph that are mapped onto a latent space LCDN features are estimates of the dimensionality of the complex network are well below our estimate based on Euclidean space since hyperbolic space is better suited to represent the hierarchical structure of real complex network for example, the internet only requires d equal to 7 dimension to be mapped into the hyperbolic space of our model, whereas this name is multiplied by 6 and scale to d47 in one of the most recent techniques using Euclidean space, says Professor Marian Boguna. In addition, technique for mapping complex data usually assume a latent space with a Predetermined name of dimension or implement heuristic technique to find a suitable value. Thus, the new method is based on a model that does not need the spatial mapping of the network to determine the dimension of its geometry. In the field of network science, many methodologies use the shortest distances to study the connectivity structure of the network, shortest path. As a metric space, however, these distances are strongly affected by the small world proper, uh, property and do not, do not provide a wide range of distance values. Our model uses a completely different definition of distance based on an underlying hyperbolic space and we do not need to map the network. Our methodology is applicable to any real network or data series with complex structure and with a size that is typically thousands or tens of thousands of nodes but can reach hundreds of thousands in a reasonable computational time, says M. Inglia Sereno. What is the real dimensionality of social networks and the internet? Social network and the internet is higher between 6 and 9 compared to network in other domains. Uh, according to uh, according to study findings, however, it is it is still very low, six to seven times lower compared to that obtained by other methods. This reflects the fact that interaction in these systems are more complex and determined by a great variety of factors. On the other hand, friendship-based social networks. are at the top of dimensionality ranking.
this is an unexpected result since one might think that friendship is frail type of effective relationship but our result link to the fact that homophily in human interaction is determined by multitude of sociology factors such as age gender social call social class beliefs altitude attitudes or interests says m anglia sedino in the case of the internet even though it is technological network its greater dimensionality reflects the fact that for an autonomous system connecting does not mean only accessing the system as might uh, think at first on the contrary many different factors influence the formation of these connection and as a consequence variety of other relationship may be present example supplier client peer to peer exchange based peering etc what is really surprising both of our social network and the internet is that our theoretical framework we doesn't use any annotations about connection beyond their existence is able to capture this multidimensional reality that is not explicit in our data concludes the team they are now working on constructing hyperbolic multidimensional maps of the complex network that are congruent with the theoretical framework established by the hd model moving on to the next topic engineer developer rechargeable aqueous battery with magnesium metal anode despite their popular use today lithium ion battery have the drawbacks of being toxic and expensive with the added complication of a global supply storage of the metal for decades researchers have tried to look for alternative data mode environmentally friendly safer and of load cost a team of researchers led by professor dennis lengwang from the department of mechanical engineering at the university of hong kong hku has discovered a new possibility a rechargeable aqueous battery with a magnesium metal anode the innovation opens a new direction for the developmental development of post lithium ion batteries the team finding which were published in the acs energy letters in an article tried the reversibility of a high voltage ci regulated aqueous mg metal battery enabled by water in salt electrolyte focus attention on the overlooked rechargeable aqueous magnesium metal batteries of course with a high theoretical capacity and negative ultra electrochemical potential magnesium is an attractive anode material said professor leung magnesium is also non toxic non toxic and earth abductant mg makes up over 2% of the earth crust and is 1000 times more abductant than lithium mg metals were long uh, considered difficult to use in battery because of the high reactivity mg is passivated when exposed to moisture forming an impermeable oxidation film that blocks redox reaction most uh, researchers study mg battery with non aqueous uh, organic electrolytes but they are often costly unstable and poorly conductive Professor Leung maintains uh, that aqueous electrolytes do offer a safe, low-cost solution, despite the challenge posed by magnesium sensitivity to moisture. It would make a promising candidate for low-cost and sustainable batteries if we can unblock the potential of aqueous MG batteries. And that is what his team has discovered. They found that the contrary to traditional belief. rechargeable ability can be achieved in an aqueous mg battery system the magnesium passivation film can be regulated using an aqueous colloid based 
water in soil electrolyte a water in soil electrolyte is a super saturated mixture where the mass of solute outweighs that of the solvent the limited availability of free water in the water in soil electrolyte restricts water decomposition and is the main cause of passivation explained doctor bending pan post doctor fellow from the department of mechanical engineering who specialized in the study of water in salt electrolytes the team also found that the absorption of chloride ions can protect the magnesium surface by partiality partially dissolving oxide and exposing native metal for redox reaction with limited free water the chloride based water in soil electrolyte successfully compacts magnesium passivation using the novel water in soil electrolyte the original passivation film can be converted into an conductive metallic oxide layer providing ionic pathway for rechargeable battery operations said phd student kevin leong who studied the surface of the magnesium anode in detail the resulting battery demonstrated excellent rechargeability for more than 700 stable cycles with a large discharge plenty of 2.4 to 2.2 volt which exceeds the cell voltage of other multivalent ion batteries including zinc metal and air metal batteries although the voltage is not yet comparable to commercial lithium ion batteries its performance could be boosted by further development the battery serves as a proof of concept and demonstrates for the first time the long term psychoability of of an aqueous ng magnesium metal batteries said professor leung everyone is researching on the magnesium batteries and other source of energy that can be uh, change the lithium energy to the magnesium and whatever the uh, any other source for the rechargeable battery because it's been very difficult for everyone to have a lithium and where the lithium found is go, uh, it's going to be the monopoly of that country or that region so i mean it's a biological aspect so and the geological aspect so these are the thing on everyone is looking forward every country every developed country developing country everyone is doing uh, those things so i mean i mean uh, okay man great one at last i just want to say you guys stay curious keep researching stay healthy